One of the biggest things that have brought me to be where I'm at today is making big decisions um, and not being afraid to make the big decisions and then you fill in the small stuff as it goes. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleeper. All right, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Matt Mahalik. And I'm Taylor Sleeper. And today we are joined by Austin Rowe, the owner of Apex Human Performance, one badass mofo. He cleans 325. He snatches 260. He is just a high-level performer. And we are excited to dive into just what Austin Rowe is all about. So... To start this thing off, Austin, to get the audience to know you a little bit, we're going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions. Oh, let's get it. Are you ready? Yep. All right, here we go. First question. Where are you from, and where do you live now? Uh, I grew up in Longmeadow, Massachusetts, and I live in Denver, Colorado now. Awesome. Awesome. What's your favorite thing to do for fun? Uh, wakeboarding, skiing, mountain biking, something of that. All the activities. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> All the things. Uh, what's your walk-up song? Um, hmm, that's a tough question. Uh, so many good ones. First thing that comes to mind. Yeah, rapid fire, baby. Why am I losing the name of this? Uh, hum it. Hum it. <laughs> Snap it. Yeah. Um, let me think. You got an artist. Let the mind. bodies hit the floor. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. If I'm trying to get real hype. Yeah, that would get me yeah. going for sure. <laughs> um, all right, this might be another thinker, but whatever comes to mind, favorite book? Favorite book? Um, Joe Dispenza, Becoming Supernatural. I think that one changed my life more than any other book. Ooh, uh, it's on my list. list, Yeah. Uh, Do you have a nickname? My uh, friends, when I was growing up, used to call me Ustin. Double O S T I N. So that was that was a good one. Ustin. Or a lot of people call me Ro. Makes sense. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. classic. (laughs) Easy last name. Um, Or A Ro. That's actually a big one too. A Ro. A dash Ro. So speaking of growing up. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? When I was in eighth grade, I wrote down in my yearbook that I wanted to go to the X Games for wakeboarding in 2020. So that's interesting that it's, well, it's 2021 now. Yeah. (laughs) So you missed it. Yeah. I was a little bit off the, what I was going to do in the long run, but yeah. X Games, CrossFit Games, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I had no idea this hidden wakeboarding. We're gonna have to talk later. Growing right. up in Florida, I was. Yeah. I had the same goals. Yeah. Okay. This this might last one might be a little more thought to it. What is the best purchase you've made of one hundred and fifty dollars or less? Um, hundred fifty dollars or less. Rough estimate for price. I mean, I think any sort of stock that I've bought a long time ago, like I, you can buy partial stocks I, I mean they just make so much money that once i got in the game it was game changer for me so i would say a hundred dollars of tesla stock because i bought them a hundred dollars at a time so that's actually solid. Uh, that's a great answer yeah. i've heard that before <laughs> does tesla uh, have um dividends pay dividends no mm, okay cool cool, cool cool yeah anyway all right awesome dude uh great answers i love all that so uh before this podcast we actually sent you a questionnaire Mm-hmm. and about eight questions and you had one question on here or two questions right we asked you um what made you want to be an entrepreneur and you had your answer and you said the harder i work the more i'm rewarded and then we asked you uh what's something you have changed your mind on and then you said you've changed your mind on that you have to work hard in order to be successful so i'm curious those, those kind of sound like conflicting answers what is your definition of hard work Okay, um, I think like where I was going with that is that I would spend a lot of time working hard on things that don't necessarily move the needle um, versus now I know what is going to move the needle so you can be more efficient with your time and don't necessarily, or like you can work hard and I can clean the gym and it's very hard labor, but that's not necessarily what's going to bring me in more memberships or make more sales. Uh, so doing something that's hard work physically versus something that I'm putting off mentally because I'm afraid of it. I think that's kind of where I was like the hard work where you're afraid of something is actually going to make the most difference. But the things that you're physically putting yourself out there and exhausting you is what you don't necessarily want to do. I think that's where the 
conflicting answer was. And also with coming up with like filling your own cup first. So when you are working really hard and you're not doing anything for yourself, you're not going to be as efficient with your work and it's going to feel like you're working harder even though you're not working harder. So if you can take care of yourself first and make sure that you're happy and fulfilled in your work, then you can go forward and do the hard things that are going to end up moving the needle. Mm, I like that. Um, I do have a question on that. You mentioned cleaning the gym. And people say, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Right? What are your thoughts on that? Because like you said, cleaning the gym's work, it might not be moving the needle, but it's something you have to do as a gym owner. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's something you have to do as a gym owner. I think it's something that you choose to do. Everything's a choice. Um, whether you want to uh, trade a membership for someone to clean the gym, that's your decision. That's what we're doing right now. There's actually someone cleaning the gym right now. Shout out to Lior. Um, Lior. <laughs> Uh, so you don't necessarily, like I fell into that trap. I was cleaning the gym. I went through phases cause people do end up who do trades end up falling off and they'll stop, but then you just have to find someone else to do it. So if you put your energy towards it and make it a priority that I don't want to clean the gym, I want to do the high level tasks in the gym. You can get out of it as a gym owner. Um, as long as you think you're providing a valuable service, people will trade to clean the gym for a membership. Interesting. So you also said uh, you used to put off things because there was fear, fear involved with that. Was yeah. that, um, were you, would you say in the past you were aware of that or you became aware and then started making different choices? Um, I think I've been aware of it for a while. Um, I think I had like my big awakening when I was like 21 years old, about maybe 20. I think I was 20 years old actually at the time when I like really started being conscious about my behaviors and how my actions create my reality. Um, so that was like when I got deep into meditation and stuff like that. But um, I've known it for a while. And regardless of me knowing it, there's still certain things that I'll put off for no reason besides my own mind holding me back. Uh, so I think I'm conscious of it. And it's a work in progress like it is for anyone. Yeah. Was there a point uh, when you became, you know, did anything stand out where you're like, now I'm aware. Now I'm conscious. Now, like I, I want to start meditating and all that stuff. Um, am I allowed to talk about talk about whatever you want? Okay. Whatever you're comfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of funny, but me and my friends. He was my junior year of college. I was either 19 or 20 at the time. Now that I'm like putting the timeline together, um, and we actually got really high. So I was smoking this bong that my friend calls the Apollo 13 because it just <laughs> shoots you off into the moon. Um, and I just took way too big of a hit. And I think it was the, we were sitting at the table and it was kind of the first time that I realized my mortality and that I was going to die one day, mm-hmm. um, which is a very scary thought when you think about it. And it's just like, when you realize your own death is going to happen and it's inevitable, it can either be the scariest thing or the most powerful thing in your life. Um, which along that day, we ended up just like running around and we were all just kind of getting crazy. We were playing sports and stuff. And we went up to this like crazy hill that had this tree on top and we were wearing our shirts around our head and it just felt like we were like a pack of lions and we were just super primal and it just like I feel like all my fear just went away at that moment and I was meditating for probably like about three to six months before that and that was like the first time I felt like I made like a giant breakthrough and I'd say if I had one initial initial awakening moment it would be that but then there's been a lot of other things along the way that brought me like further. But I think that was the spark. Interesting, okay, so that was the spark. Then the next day, the next week, like what changed? What, you had this, you know, aha moment. What did you start doing differently? Mm-hmm. I got, um, I stopped partying as much. I would stop drinking as much alcohol. I mean, I was a junior in college. Like you gotta think that you're gonna be partying a lot. I went to a state school. Been there. UMass yeah. Amherst, <laughs> they call it the zoo for a reason. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I stopped leaning as much towards partying and more towards things that are going to fulfill me in the long run. Um, around that time, I think about around the time that I started meditating was when I found CrossFit as well. I think CrossFit was like a little bit earlier. Um, so started doing CrossFit and instead of going out on Friday nights, I remember also a very specific time, like my friends were going out on a Friday night and they asked me the question. They were like, if you could only give up one thing, like partying or the gym, what would you give up? And I was like, partying. And I was like the only person to answer that question in that way. 
Um, and a lot of people thought I was crazy, but I mean, college kid, that, yeah, it does <laughs> yeah. seem crazy, right? Yeah. But, but then that makes a difference. It's like, okay, where are those kids that I was in a group with? Those weren't like my good friends that asked those questions. And a lot of them are just still doing the same thing. Like they're still partying. They're probably working a job for someone else nine to five and they might be there for the next 40 years. So I think, um, that's an interesting point, And I, I wrote it down as you said it, um, where sometimes it, it can be kind of scary to be like, Oh, if I'm, let's say for lack of a better word, more enlightened, that you don't want to party more, you're going to start missing out. You're going to start losing friends. Was there any part of that that was scary when you're like, I'm going to choose the gym over partying, knowing that I might start losing some friends? I think it's still a balance that I play to this day because partying and hanging out with your friends is super fun. Fun, like don't get me wrong. Like you can go out and you can have a good time. Um, I have a very addictive personality, so I tend to push it towards the edge of whatever I do. So if it's drinking, it, I struggle drinking four drinks, and I like having fourteen. Um, so once the momentum carries, like I like to go to that far end and like kind of see where the boundaries lie. Um, that's just my personality. So I've myself have had to find a big balance between well, I'm going to isolate and not hang out with anyone. I'm just going to go to the gym and work and work out versus I'm going to have these fun experiences that end up filling up my cup, um, but not push it too far to the point where you're deteriorating your health or your performance because you're up late, you're drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, so it's a fine line. I still think I'm learning. I think like I spent a lot of time in isolation, like figured out that didn't work. And then you just push it to the other side. That doesn't work in like anything in life. Like the middle way is always the most efficient way to go. So don't avoid it, but don't push it to the end. Mm. So on that same vein, you had, you mentioned earlier that everything is a choice. So you kind of had this aha moment and it sounds like you started making different choices based on what was important to you. So uh, I'd love you to unpack that a little bit. Everything is a choice. Like what does that mean to you and how do you implement that today? Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest things that have brought me to be where I'm at today is making big decisions um, and not being afraid to make the big decisions and then you fill in the small stuff as it goes. So when I was a junior in college, like I was going for internships and I was going to go to this financial internship at Northwestern Mutual. And I like two days before I was going to accept it, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, it's not for me. And I ended up working at a hotel and a CrossFit gym that summer, which was probably one of the best decisions of my life because it dictated the direction of my life. Because if I went to that financial internship, and whatever, for some reason I liked it, I probably wouldn't have. Um, but uh, it's making those decisions of like one path and those big decisions can dictate your life a lot. Because um, I was a personal trainer in Boston for a while. I was like, okay, I could do this. Like I'm, I was making six figures. So I was like, okay, do I want to keep doing this? Like the money's great, but you can just see the end road and I can always see like, where is this going to get me? I was like, okay, no, I don't want to work for someone else. I'm going to take the chance and just open up my own space. Um, so just making those big decisions, I feel like dictate the direction of your life so much. And if you can keep the clearer picture of where the direction of your life that you want to be, you can make the decisions around that. Do you think you can make a wrong decision? Um, I mean, this has, this is a very deep question of fate versus, um, like making your own decisions. Uh, do you think you can make a wrong decision? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think so. What um, long decisions have you made? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I've become more efficient every single day that if I knew what I knew now back whenever, that I would be more efficient to be able to make more money. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Um, like you would be able to have more relationships with people. I think you could just run your life more efficiently. And if you're being a piece of shit, and not doing anything, not meditating, you're being an asshole to people, like you're going to have a shitty life versus if you're gonna do all the self-work and you're going to put effort into things, like you're going to have a better life. So I think there definitely is two directions you can take. Um, so I would say yes, there are, you can make wrong decisions. Um, but if you're living in your highest consciousness, like you probably have less likelihood of making a bad decision. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, if you knew what you know now when you were younger, mm -hmm. you know, you, you'd maybe be a different place. Do you think you were ready to hear that? If Austin today went back to, you know, mid-20s Austin and, and told some of this stuff, 
you think you would have been ready to listen? Um, is the, this is what you guys asked me this question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is it me? Do I know that I'm getting the advice from myself? Um, sure. Yeah. I think if mid twenties or early twenties, yeah, I would have listened. Okay. Um, what if it was someone else? You are mid twenties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like even if anywhere in my twenties, I think I would have listened. Um, if it was someone else, I mean, I'm sure people have told me the things that yeah. I know and I didn't listen. So probably not. But if it was like future Austin coming back, I'd be like, you look good. You put on some weight, bro. <laughs> um, but if you honestly, if you went back to when I was 17 or 18, no chance. Like I would have been like, I wouldn't want to listen. I think I just had such a narrow mind. I lived in my bubble of what my high school life was. I didn't even know stuff existed outside of that. So I was living like in high school. I feel like, and even earlier, it's like you don't even know what the world is yet. So I feel like. It, I would have been talking about things I didn't even know existed. Like I wouldn't even, I don't even know if I knew what meditation was in high school. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just some woo stuff. Yeah. Like yogis do or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Don't think before 18, definitely not. Yeah. So it sounds like you have a very clear picture of what's important to you, what, what you value, where, what direction you want to go, which, uh, I imagine makes it easy to make the choices to realize everything's a choice. How, how have you gotten so clear? Because I feel like, uh, I know I talk to a lot of people who really struggle with this idea of purpose or what mm-hmm. they're supposed to do with their lives. Um, so I'm curious, how did you kind of unpack that? Or how are you so clear on what is important to you? Um, I think that my vision for the future, like I try to make the best guess of what would make me the happiest and then just go on that direction. Um, that you might learn on the way, like I was saying, like right now I just have these like big picture ideas in my brain. Um, and then you just make decisions that get you closer to that. And then as you get closer, you might realize that X, Y, and Z aren't important, but this over here is important. Um, so like if you can come up with at least a guess and you start going that way, that's better than nothing, I think. Um, so I think I'm guessing. Um, when I want to be happy and then you like I said like the you can get the big picture stuff and then you fill in the little stuff along the way yeah I kind of want to go back to my question before if you make a wrong decision are there wrong decisions because no matter what decision you make you I would imagine you made that decision at the time thinking it was the right decision right. maybe it turns out quote unquote to be the wrong decision but you learned so much on along the way mm-hmm. and like you said because you learned that now you can show up better now as your future self yeah um yeah, so, I mean, I kind of want to revisit that question. Do you think that there really is a wrong decision? Because, you know, all, all this stuff, I, I like the quote, you know, uh, the world or the universe doesn't happen, or life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Right. So whatever happens, happens to help you yeah. become the better version of yourself. It's kind of your opportunity to, you know, take the bull by the horns and, and learn from it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I still don't. I mean, that's just like a concept of reality if you think that you have free will or not. Um, I think part of the interesting part about life is that we might actually have free will um, and that you are able to play this game of life in a way. And I got to think that if I lived my life in the most efficient possible manner, that I would have to be happier than now. And like, if there's a possibility that I could have been happier, um, then you can make wrong decisions. So I'm going to stay with that for now, but if you ask me next week, it might change. I don't know. This, yeah, this, is, a, this is an interesting topic because it could be, uh, I think on one hand, right, like you had mentioned, um, if you took that internship at Northwest Mutual, mm-hmm. uh, you might have hated it, and then it would have fueled the fire even more to right. be, what, be doing what you're doing now. Um, however, as you mentioned before, everything's a choice, and now you've learned that the things you don't want to do, you lean into that. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if happiness is the end goal, uh, by choosing not to do the hard things, that could be the wrong choice, mm-hmm. right? It could be settling for, and, and that's what I think a lot of people, they're afraid to take that step, take that risk. Mm-hmm. And may, maybe that's the wrong choice. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's a pe- I, I have no idea what the universe is like and like the concept of dimensions and realities and stuff like that. Cause there could be realities that you're living in right now. Then there's alternate realities where you made different decisions. So it's like tough to decide. I mean, that's just like a concept of 
what the universe looks like, what reality is like. So it's like a lot deeper than that. If I knew the answer, I think I'd be the only person who knows the answer. Yeah. Cause I don't think anyone knows that answer. So you're just guessing and having these conversations are super important because then you get a better grip of what, what other people are thinking, what they've taken from their life experiences and then what they think as long as you're not, as long as you're open to listen to other people and you're able to change your mind and be like, Oh, like that made sense over there. I didn't like this. And then you piece it together. Um, yeah, I mean, as uh, as our guy Deepak says, uh, you are the universe, and the universe is you. Mm-hmm. Which we could spend a lot of time unpacking that. Yeah, yeah but, for um, sure. Cool. So maybe maybe we'll uh, switch gears a little bit. Uh, you, so you're a gym owner, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got into 2021. Let's talk about 2020. What is that? What has that been like for you personally, as an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Yeah, personally, 2020 has been a fine year. Um, I think me as a person, I've been able to adapt and I don't think I've gone into any like deep depressions or anything like that. Um, I felt like I've been able to improve on all aspects of my life. Um, So 2020 personally has been a fine year for me as far as like self-growth. 2020 for Apex, I just felt like the year has been on pause. That's what the best way that I can describe it is like, we got shut down in March and we're in the same exact position as we were last March. Like we grow some members, we lose some members, um, which obviously like we were talking about the choices before, like there probably was a way for us to grow and make, have more members and do whatever we needed to. Um, so there probably was a course of action that we could have taken that would have made us to grow. But honestly, I'm happy with having the gym still open. Um, a ton of gyms in Denver and all across the United States have been shutting down. So just to be one of the ones that are still standing and still fighting, I feel like that's been an accomplishment in itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's great outlook. 2020 for all gym owners, shut down, still open, whatever has been so tough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people look back on 2020 and say it's a bad year. It really sucked. Yeah, that's crazy. And you just nodded your head. <laughs> yeah, you said it's crazy. Yeah. You said no. <laughs> Uh, and a big thing Taylor and I talk about is that happiness is a choice. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you completely agree. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because you could easily say, you know, man, we could have grown so much in 2020 if things were normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we were on this path of growth, and but now we're shut down and, and like it didn't go the way we planned. But yeah. you're still happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of things that you can do to just change and adapt. So if you're willing to just surrender, you're, you've already lost. Like if you're not willing to accept things as they are and then come up with solutions, then you're never going to be successful. So if you can take, okay, the government shut us down last March. What do we do? We make an online program. We start recording a ton of videos, making our movement library and then generating enough income to pay our rent. Um, I think the weirdest part about the pandemic as a business owner who runs a service-based business has been just the ambiguity between what they're saying and then the timeline regarding how long things are going to last because they shut us down. And the first thing they told us, they're like, okay, we're going to shut down for two weeks. And then I had the conversation with my landlord. I was like, okay, like let's rent, let's knock our rent down in half. So like, it's like, okay, great. So then we think we can make it two weeks and then it's like, okay, now it's been four weeks, okay, six weeks. And then it was two months that we weren't even allowed in the space. So if I knew we were going to be shut down for two months going into that initial conversation, I would have been able to negotiate a lot better than I did. And then you open up and we were allowed to have four person classes. And I think we ran that for about six weeks or something. And then it was like a short period of time where we could have 14 person classes. I think that was what our limit was. I think that was like two months. Our membership went booming up. We had a bunch of people who paid in full, which like got rid of our debt from when we were not doing as well. And then it bumps it back down and then people leave the gym. And it's just been crazy to see how directly correlated this success of the gym has been to government regulations. So like right when government regulations change, like the gym immediately starts doing better. Uh, So it's just interesting like how much the gym is actually impacted by external events. Should, should yeah. We, should we ask your thoughts on COVID? <laughs> <laughs> I can, we can go into whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, so first of all, it's awesome that the gym is still here and doing yeah. well. And it's, you know, it's kind of like CrossFit, they say, right? Every, if you finish, you know, a hundredth in the open and then next year you finish a hundredth in the open, you actually got fitter because mm-hmm. more people are doing it, you know? So the fact that, with all of this, you stayed 
where you're at a year ago is, right. is actually huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting too. One, you know, we, we have talked earlier, we asked you earlier, you know, what keeps you up at night? And you said the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because it's how, how, how do you deal with that now as opposed to, um, or has it changed? Do you feel like you've, you've adapted because of so many unknowns? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I actually wrote that really late at night when I couldn't fall asleep. And that was one of the things that I was doing. Um, and that was exactly what was on my mind. It was like, I just don't know what's going to happen in the future. So I can't prepare for it. Yeah. Um, where you can prepare to be or prepare for the unknown. That's the whole saying of CrossFit, um, the unknown and unknowable, which is, that's what I am. I'm prepared for the unknown and the unknowable, but it would be nicer if you were, could prepare for the known. Cause running a business before 2020, it was like, okay, like, we're not going to get shut down by a government like that's unheard of before 2020. And I was like mind blown that my lease that I still had to pay rent that was on a building that was governmentally mandated to shut down. That was just mind blowing to me. And I was like emailing my landlord. I was like, we can't uh, like we can't pay rent. Like we can't do this. And he was like, oh, like based on the lease, you have to pay rent. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, like I'm in such a shitty spot right mm-hmm. now. And you just try to figure out your way out. And we were just taking it month by month, but one of my goals for 2020 was to like take control of what is happening in my life and don't let people wishy-washy back and forth because we were just taking it month by month with my landlord and I just emailed him. I still haven't got the response. I was like, we need to make a long-term plan that goes with these government regulations. So there's six levels of like, what is it? Code purple, code red, code orange, code yellow, code green, or code blue, code green, and then it's normal. So there's a ton of... This guy yeah. knows his shit. He's yeah, not I looking know. at anything. I, yeah. <laughs> I know code red. Yeah. <laughs> not good. Yeah, we're in orange yeah. right now. But we made a, a specific rent for each one of those levels and then proposed it to him because there's just no way to go back and forth to being like, okay, this month we were 10 of the days we were in code red, 20 of the days we were in code orange. What do we pay for rent? I don't want to ask him. I'm like, refer to a contract. So that's one of the biggest things that I wanted to do for 2021 is just have no questions being like, this is how much you're going to pay at the end of the month. And this is how much money you have to make in order to keep the roof over our head. Mm. This is an interesting conversation because you're afraid of the unknown. Do we ever really know what's going to happen in life? Mike Tyson says it best, right? Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, there's a percentage of what you know is going to happen. Like, I mean, you, or you got to expect is going to happen. Like you're going to wake up tomorrow and the sun is going to come up. Like, you know, that's going to happen. Um, if it doesn't, we're fucked. Yeah. Um, so, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, there's a certain percentage of stuff that you can ideally know is going to happen versus now in 2020, which is where a lot of people are having struggles is there's a lot more unknown, um, now. So like the ratio of unknown versus known quote unquote has been just greatly pushed to the unknown. So I think people are struggling to adapt to that. I mean, I struggled. I think everyone's struggling a little bit. Um, that you you can do the best you can, but you got to accept that there is going to be a certain amount of unknown, but still control as much as you can. Okay, so we're, while we're on this topic, let's let's uh, let's dive into a little bit. I imagine these two questions I'm going to ask are really related. So one, you know, why fitness? Why a gym? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing what you do? And then, uh, yeah, let's dive in a little bit to COVID, you know, cause I'm also, I'm the head coach at CrossFit Omni in Denver. Matt's been in the, in the fitness industry for a long time. So it's a really interesting thing of all these regulations and yet, you know, health and fitness is mm-hmm. more important than ever potentially. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, why did I get into health and fitness in the first place? Uh, I started working out when I was like, I think I was like 10 years old. My brother was had He's a, got you, man. <laughs> my brother was had a bench press in the garage and I remember all of his friends were like trying to race to see who could bench 200 pounds the first and they were like oh we're in the 200 pounds club and I was like okay cool I'm 10 years old and I remember the first time I benched the bar I was like all right nice like 45 yeah. pounds yeah. let's go and then you just slowly start putting the two and a half pound plates on and all I did I think for the first four or five years I w- worked out all I cared about was my bench press because everyone Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Literally, the only question that people would ask me is, how much can you bench? Yeah, skip his leg day every yeah, week. No, no other So metrics. how much can you bench? We can't move on. <laughs> right so, now? Yeah. Only 300. It's one of my worst exercises. Only, two days that only 300. I know, yeah. you hit that the same day that I did. I yeah. Um, I only hit it because I saw you hit it. 
Yeah, yeah. Calms me much. up. Yeah, I mean, and he's got a great coach. Thanks to my coach yeah. over here. Yeah. Yeah. Three blues is coming, but um, I don't put as much emphasis on bench press as I used to. Obviously, I yeah. I think I bench press four times a week from when I was ten till at least. 15. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, Sounds simple. Yeah. it was yeah. the only exercise that I knew of in pull-ups. So I was just benching and then doing pull-ups. And I just remember having like a ridiculous, I think I benched, I was probably like 225 my junior year of high school. And I mean, that That's was a big day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too. I remember that day. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> that was my only focus, but it's just a very simple progression of like every time you put on another two and a half, like you get pumped up and it's like rewarding. You're like, Oh, I'm getting stronger. Like that's cool. Um, and I think I had a very egotistical view of what fitness was at the beginning. And it's obviously switched a lot from there. Of you just want to look good with the shirt off. Um, so I think that's where it started, but it's progressed a lot further than that. And then once I started doing CrossFit, which was like my sophomore year of college, um, everything changed. Like I threw everything I knew out the window and then just started doing full force CrossFit. Um, and I started doing CrossFit because of Rich Froning. Um, I just saw videos of him and I was like, this looks sick. Like I want to do this. Um, like where they're like climbing ropes and shit and walking on their hands. And you're like, Oh, like this looks epic. And they're fucking putting 300 pounds up over their head. You're like, this is crazy. Like, um, so it just went full force into CrossFit right when I started doing that. And that was, um, it was like about six months after I decided I didn't want to dive in college anymore. So I had a big void of fitness and exercise in my life. And it just filled that immediately in the competitive side of it. So, um, but like now my reason is completely different than that. Um, I think for fitness, I want to one, see what I'm capable of. Um, like pushing yourself, like our motto for apex is unleash your full potential. I don't even feel like I'm close to my potential. Um, so I'd want to see what I'm capable of and I feel like it's a waste not to do that So you only have a certain amount of time that you can be an athlete in your life um, So I do want to see like what my body is capable of because it is a big part of my life I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy playing sports and CrossFit is just the sport that I chose to play um, so I do want to see where I'm capable of and then also just the challenge of Like how fucking hard CrossFit is like people don't understand like it's easy not easy. It's relatively easy to get fit it's really fucking hard to get really fit and it's even fucking harder to get competitive in the sport of crossfit so like every like one percent that you go up it just gets exponentially harder so like now i'm trying to get whatever three percent a year for someone like fraser is like he's trying to get 0.1 percent better and people like like that last little bit takes so much effort um, and like it's just challenging that you have to optimize every aspect of your life so if you want to be better in the gym like you have to be better outside of the gym so i have to have all of my stress and business taken care of i have to be happy and be willing to come in every single day um, with a good attitude and that's going to promote my fitness further so i feel like the things outside of the gym are almost more important now because training's easy for me like i can go hard in the gym that's easy it's the stuff outside of the gym that makes the biggest difference now what are your fitness goals? Fitness goals? Yeah. Um, I want to be the best me that I can be. I want to be as fit as I possibly can, wherever that lands me. Um, that would be cool if I could go to a sanctionals or the CrossFit Games. But, I mean, you got to think, like, if I am the best version of myself, like, I'm going to go to the CrossFit Games. So I'm, like, not even close to where that is. Like, I don't think my genetics are the reason that I'm not going to the CrossFit Games. Like, it's me that, or, like, how I'm choosing to live my life is the reason why I'm not going there. Um, and Frazier was talking about it on that last podcast of like how good people could possibly be if they did what he did. Um, and he's like sacrificed his whole life, which I'm not willing to do that at this point in my life where I'm like only doing fitness. I mean, he's supported by whatever financially, like I still have to work. So if I get to that point where it is worth my while to take every single last bit and throw it into CrossFit, then I'll make that decision at that point. But I'm not even close to that point. Like there's so many things that I can do now that will make me better before I get to the point where I throw everything away. Awesome. So what about, uh, you know, <clears throat> it sounds like a lot of your, your personal, what about opening a gym and, um, why is fitness, how you want to help people? Mm -hmm. What about it? Yeah, I think I realized how powerful it was in my life. So then I want to share that experience with other people. So if you can get part of my passion for the sport 
um, into the coaching that I do and it can change their lives. It's super rewarding. And then just having a community that surrounds that is something that I've always wanted um, of having like a group of people that are all trying to be the best version of themselves. Like that's a super powerful thing to do. So I think helping people along their journey, I realize that I can't do it for them, but I can help them do it. But it's super fun to like hang out with other people, to coach other people that are all on the same journey to become the best version of themselves. So when I am coaching like or like helping people, it doesn't really feel like work. Um, what feels like work to me is like the marketing and trying to get people. Um, so like the actual coaching itself is super rewarding. Um, and running the business is just like, I have to tell myself it consistently, like you need to market because then you can impact more people. It's not about a money thing. The money thing just keeps the business alive, but the more people that you can help, the better. I love that. How successful do you think you are at doing that? Helping people reach their full potential? Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think like anyone, they could do a better job. Um, I'm going to be hard on myself, but that doesn't mean that I'm not helping people. Um, but I feel like I have a lot of these ideas of where I think the potential lies of how efficient you can make a program that I'm only touching the surface. Like we help people with their fitness and nutrition and stuff like that. But I don't know the way that I think, I, I don't even think I'm doing it myself. Like the, how far you can go with like biometric tracking with like whoop watches and stuff like that. Like you could get deep into that. And I don't even know if the technology is out there of like what I'm really trying to do. Um, but like if you could tie in some sort of system with like tracking people's blood work, getting their genetics tested, their gut health tested. Like if you could put that all into a comprehensive health and fitness program, like that's my eventual goal. I just haven't even come close to doing that. Sounds expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds next level. So, uh, you, you know, you've talked about a lot of things and, you know, obviously fitness is a huge part of your life and what you do. Um, however, what's cool about you knowing you is you do a lot of other things outside of that, that are maybe not common at other gyms or with other coaches. You meditate, you know, you have a ice bath, sauna, like do all kinds of recovery. So, uh, I'm curious if you could teach somebody only one thing, what would it be? What comes up? Any the sky's the limit, but um, one thing. What would it be? Well, I think the cool part about, I'll choose fitness just for now. Um, but I think fitness is the keystone habit to making everything else in your life fall in line. So people, when they start exercising, they realize, so like if they're doing a hard CrossFit workout and a lot of people come in, you probably experience this as well. Like they'll come in and they just are put on their back and they're almost like unconscious on their first workout because they just can't hold themselves back and they try to go hard because they think like, oh yeah, I'm a good athlete. I can go for this. And then they just get like hit in the face and they realize that all the things that they're doing and how they fueled their body that day is impacting that. So if you teach someone how to, or like trying to convince them to come in and work out three, four times a week, cause it's good for them. Like they're going to change their diet. If they change their diet, they might change how they start thinking and they might go into the rabbit holes of how far you can go down recovery. Um, and you can push it that far. So I feel like fitness has been the easiest one for me to build off of, of being like that habit to start changing other habits. I love that. So how would you define fitness? Uh, you're how capable you are of doing any activity in life, whether it's mental or physical. Um, so how fit you are to do anything you might do. So how fit are you to run away from a bear? How fit are you to pick up a burning car? How fit are you to have a tough conversation? How fit are you to um, sit down in silence for 10 minutes? Like whatever you put at hand, like you wanna be as capable as possible to do whatever that task is, whether it's mental or physical. Oh, I love that. That was so well answered. I love <laughs> the physical fitness. You went down yeah, everything. I mean, so that's why I asked, you know, we're, we're in the, you know, I'm in the fitness industry too, and uh, it's kind of like the wild west. There's mm -hmm. a lot of different definitions. And I think most people just think about the physical training, but I love what mm -hmm. you said about uh, how fit are you to have a difficult conversation? A lot of people should let that sink in. Um, and to sit in silence. Man, that anybody I recommend meditation to, I usually recommend a guided app. So they have like, and they're like 30 seconds in and they're like, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'm like, that, okay, you go work on that for a week and then yeah. come back to the gym. Mm -hmm. um, but that's so cool. And it's, it's like you said earlier, uh, right before that, that, you know, fitness is kind of, uh, it's the entryway, you know, you get them in here and then once you get hooked, you're bound to learn about recovery and meditation and breath and mm -hmm. all the other things. Yeah. I think we, I mean, that, I've always said that that's how it started for me. It was for me, it was freshman year of high school. 
lip bench pressing the bar nice. and then adding those two and a half <laughs> on each side, you know? Uh, and then from there, you know, it's nutrition mm-hmm. and then sleep and, and then breath work and then all mindfulness. And it, it just extends from there. So I, I think you put that so well where it's like, it's not going to happen tomorrow or mm-hmm. in a month or whatever. This is for you since you were 10 years old mm-hmm. and now you're 25, 25, yeah. 25, you know, 15 year journey to get to where you are. And it's not even close to being finished, mm-hmm. but we all start somewhere and it really does. I, I do believe start with fitness for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just take that next step in, into yeah. where nutrition and then down, down the line mm-hmm. it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, regardless of where they start, like everyone's going to end up on the same sort of journey of they're just trying to become the best version of yourself and whether it's fit you start with fitness or you start with, oh, I want to change my diet because I watched this Netflix documentary that may or may not be true. Uh, <laughs> like you're at not least, you're at least on the journey and that's like the biggest thing. And I love hanging out with people that are on the journey and wanting to become better. Um, versus it's like mind blowing to me cause I'm in my little circle and like we have our friends and they're all, hanging out and they're trying to become the best version of yourself. But then you, every now and then you like get outside of that bubble and you see people that are just like, have no interest in making their lives better or no interest in learning or anything like that. And it's just mind blowing sometimes to see that that's still a thing going on. Cause it's just such an important part of my life. And the, all, all the people I surround myself with are on that same journey. So uh, it is interesting that there still are a lot of people that haven't even started on their journey. Um, Why do you think that is? Uh, I think that they just haven't been put in the right place to do it or haven't been communicated in a proper way. Um, not saying that I know how to communicate it to other people, but from it's just something in your brain that has to switch. Um, and I think that people in society get told a certain narrative and then they just stay true to that. So like, for me, I mean, I've still probably fallen into a lot of these pitfall, pitfalls, but like you get told the narrative where you go to school, you go to college, you get into debt, you work a job to pay off that debt for 40 years, you buy a house, you take out a big mortgage, and then you retire at the age of 60 or 65. Like that's the narrative and most common narrative in the United States at least. So if you want to fall out of that, like it's going to take some effort to get yourself out of there. So it's very easy to be like, okay, I'm going to take this job that's paying me $100,000 a year. But then what do you do with that money? And like, are you just going out on the weekends and blowing it on alcohol, partying, whatever? So um, I think that is just the narrative that's told. So it's hard for people to fall out of that. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's it's the choices they make, Mm -hmm. right? And I think, you know, the reason the three of us are here and we're friends and we're in this group is because we start asking the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, which I kind of want to circle back to earlier conversation, you know, so it's like, it sounds like, uh, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, that they're choosing what they think will bring them happy, happiness, mm-hmm. you know, rather than asking themselves. So I'm curious, how would you, you, you talked a lot about happiness earlier and what makes you happy. And that's kind of a guiding star for you. So how would you define happiness? Uh, happiness? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think happiness has a lot to do with the chemicals that get put out in your brain and like dopamine and serotonin and stuff like that. Um, so as far as like a chemical response, you can probably measure happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do I measure happiness? Cause I don't have a brain diagram yeah. everywhere I go. Um, I think if I am waking up in the morning and I want to get out of bed, then that is a very good metric of how happy I am versus if I lay in bed and I'm like, Oh fuck! <laughs> Which we were talking about waking up in the morning for cross coaching CrossFit classes. Yeah, like that was a narrative that went through my head a lot of times at five in the morning when I wake up and you go, "Oh no!" Like here we go again, and you just know the ringer you're about to put yourself through. Um, versus days now are more like, "Oh, I'm excited!" Like it's almost hard for me to meditate in the morning because I want to go do something first thing in the morning. Versus sometimes it's like an escape. Um, so I think the more excited I am to just go do things, that's like my metric of happiness. Yeah, I love that. Uh, side note, it's funny you said escape. I think Matt and I have talked about this before. I worked a desk job for a while and I literally, on my lunch break, I'd go get lunch and then I'd meditate with headspace for like 10 minutes and it was mm-hmm. totally an escape. And yeah. now I wake up excited to meditate mm-hmm. because of what it's doing for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, meditation is 
can be used for so many different things, but it just gives you a clearer picture of like what your life is. And if, I mean, there's different types of meditation, but like you, I like to think about like sometimes if you just have so many thoughts going through your head, like, okay, like what do I need to change to run my life more efficiently? And you can see it, um, as like a guide because the, I, I don't know if it's like messages, but like you can have the feeling of being like, I need to change this, this, and this in my life. So then I can be happier, run my life more efficiently. Um, so you can like look through it and you can do it through journaling, whatever it is, um, whatever works best for you. But it's like a time of, I'm going to work on myself and have a clear picture. Like I have a blank slate and then what do I like about my life? What do I want to change? And then just do that. When was the last time? Think back, right? You were <laughs> super pumped. You got out of bed. You're like, this is going to be the best day ever. What did that day look like? Uh, Why are you so happy to wake up for it? Well, I think the most obvious days that do that are like days you're going skiing or something like that where you have to wake up super early and then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm like, I'll wake up early. Like, who cares? And then yeah. you just go in the car with your friends and you go skiing for the day and then you come back. Like, those are the most obvious days for me um, that you wake up and you're like, okay, this is worth it. Uh, versus like work and stuff like that. I don't have as much of a giddy feeling when I'm waking up in the morning. So I think skiing and like, if you have like an adventure or something planned the next day, you just get like, you're just like pumped to wake up. Do you think it's possible to wake up like that every day, no matter what you're doing, to wake up with a giddy feeling like you're about to go snowboard all day? I mean, I gotta say yes. <laughs> I bet you there's some people that are just fucking stoked all day, every day, um, and I'd love to talk to those yeah. people. <laughs> Sean White, maybe, some professional snowboarders. Yeah, I mean, I don't, every single day, I wonder if anyone's ever yeah. done that. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, everyone struggles. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think it's hard, but, you know, as we talked a lot about choices, right? You can, you can make the choice that you're like, oh, I know this thing is going to lead me to where I want to be eventually. And, um, so let, let's talk application a little bit because you, you said fitness is essentially the door that could completely change your life, right? If you start with this one thing, it could improve so many other areas. And then we talked about, you know, why, Matt asked the question, why is, uh, why do people not do that? So if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, this guy seems happy. He's made a lot of choices to get where he wants to be because life sounds awesome and like my you know i'm not where i want to be like what are what are some steps people can take um obviously they could come join if they're in denver apex mm -hmm. you have performance but like what are what are some small steps for people maybe to to start that process mm -hmm. i think you have to take a step back from your life and be willing to take a step back from your life and like i said before like look at it from a blank slate and decide what is serving you and what is not um so I think the first step would be to take a step back and just look at your life from a broader view. And then like you were saying, like trying to come up with goals or something that you're going towards. Um, so like having a clear picture of where you're going is definitely important. Uh, I did this one thing when I was, I don't know, it was very early on in my self-development career. It was the first book that I read. Um, it was like success principles and it had me do this activity that was called the big 100 and I had to write down a hundred things in my life that I wanted to do throughout my entire life from when I'm now until I'm dead. So hopefully I live at least till I'm a hundred, maybe 125, who Easy. knows what's going Easy. on okay. with biohacking. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really hard for me to write down a hundred things, but like once you start doing that, you're like, okay, like I have an idea of where I can go. It might not be right but at least I have an idea of where I want to go. And you can change that. Like I've gone back and been like, I've wrote some stuff down. I was like, why do I want to go do that? Um, like I think at that time I wrote down that I wanted to be a financial advisor and like whatever, make down 400,000. This was before the uh, Northwestern internship. But um, yeah, so like it can change over time and it can be a fluid list and you can revisit it maybe like once a year or something. Um, but if you're not willing to take any steps on your own, I think you, if you have the financial ability to hire a coach, like that's a great place to go. I recommend anyone who can to go to a CrossFit gym that knows what they're doing um, and like has good programming. So if you can find a gym, I think that's a good first step and it'll at least get you into the door, like we were saying. And then, um, but if you can also hire an online coach, like I know all of us are offering programs um, that you could get to a coach and start talking these things through with. So if you can hire a coach, um, they can give you the view that you might not be able to see yourself because um, they've been through what you've been through. So 
I'd say those would be the two or three things, I guess, like taking a broader step back, creating goals, potentially joining a gym or hiring a coach. Yeah, I love that because so many people don't cast a vision for the future. Maybe, you know, it's the new year, new year's resolution, whatever. But if you don't have a clear vision of where you want to go a year, two years, 10 years from now, Mm -hmm. you don't know if you're heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite quotes is uh, rowing harder doesn't matter if you're headed in the wrong direction. And as you said earlier, right, when you learned about hard work, it's, it is hard work, but it's also hard, hard work at the right things, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. Hire a coach. Uh, We've all invested in personal development Mm -hmm. and by far one of the biggest things that changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You got the uh, goal setting guy all worked up about setting good goals. Jones and over here. Uh, I want to make sure our audience who's listening is set up for success. And the third thing you mentioned was to find a gym, find a good coach. How can someone know, say if they're, maybe they're not going to invest in a coach, but they just want to get started going to a CrossFit gym, let's say. Mm -hmm. How do they know what good programming is? Is there a way to tell? Should they... DM you on Instagram yeah, and be like, Austin, here's the week. Send, send, send me the program. Yeah. Um, I think you can learn. I started at CrossFit gyms that might not necessarily have the best programming, and it did fine for me for a little bit. Um, so I think at the beginning part, any CrossFit gym is going to do a good enough job to get you started and put you on the beginning track to start learning about more. Um, you could... I mean, the easiest thing to look at for a CrossFit programming is to see if they're progressing their exercises. So if they're, if you feel like you're just doing random shit all the time, um, which a lot of people in the CrossFit world think that they're supposed to do, that's not a good program. Like it needs to be progressing over time and it needs to give you some time to rest and recover. Um, So it's tough for gyms and I've battled through it back and forth of when you do program, um, should you put people on a program? Or should you write six workouts a week um, versus like very different because no one should be working out six days a week. Um, you can do like five days a week with two active recovery days, but you shouldn't be doing six hard CrossFit workouts a week. You need to be a very specific person and be at a very good time in your life to do that. Um, so if they're programming like six hard days of pro- CrossFit, I feel like it's harder to progress on for long term than being on a specific program where it's like, okay, you're going to do four or five days a week and you're going to do all of these exercises rather than just picking and choosing the days that we that you do so like that apex we only program five days of workouts a week so they can do a five-day program and then there's thursday and sundays are makeup days or rest days so kind of depending on what they're doing so i feel like for me as a coach that's the most efficient way for me to program for a broad scale of people um we also have multiple workout tracks i know you do that too at omnia um so like putting people on a track that they was like going to set them up for success rather than just taking one programming and then the coach is going to help you scale it for that day. And it might just be random, like we were saying. So like the less things that can be random in a program, the better. Yeah. By track, you mean beginner, intermediate, advanced, essentially. Right. Yeah. And you can call um, them different things. Yeah. And, and just to be, again, more specific, I want to make sure anyone, anyone, if someone really wants to start, you keep mentioning progressive. And, and what does that look like if you give us one example? So they know if they're going to a gym, you know, random workouts, probably pretty obvious to tell, but what does something progressive look like? What should they be looking for? Yeah, I think, um, like, so the basic formula for that would be like three weeks that you're getting heavier and heavier on a lift. So say on Monday you're back squatting. So say on Monday you do five sets of five at 60%. The next Monday you do it at 65%. And then next Monday you do it at 70%. And then the week after that, you could do a four week cycle or six week cycle. Then you deload and you take it back off. So then you have time to rest, recover, and then make an adaptation. Um, it was one thing I was thinking about this morning is a lot of people, there's something called an SRA curve. Do you know what that is? Uh, so it's a stimulus recovery adaptation. So you have the stimulus of the exercise, you need the recovery, and then you can make the adaptation and you have a super compensation for what happens. So when you are on Monday, you go work out, you, that's your stimulus say you go Tuesday, again, this is the most common thing, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, people do CrossFit. That's a big load of stimulus. If you don't have a recovery, you're never going to make an adaptation. And what you're really looking for is an adaptation for exercise. So that's why I love the loop washes. So because we're constantly just like tearing ourselves apart in hopes to make ourselves better. But if you're not focusing on recovery and making sure that you're recovering, you're never going to make an adaptation. So like you see a lot of people I see a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people pay attention to it, but that are just 
grinding away in the gym like day after day day after day and they're just staying the same and they're like maintaining and you're like yo you you gotta like notice something is going on here because like the whole point of you being in the gym is to get better um no one i mean i've had a couple people that are like i just want to stay the same but that's a rare yeah uh, most people are in the gym to get better and they want to get better so if they're not getting better they're going to get frustrated so if you're grinding away at the gym and you're not feeling like you're getting better, you have to focus on the recovery a- aspect of it. So it's stimulus, recovery, adaptation. Just, just like you said, you don't have to work so hard to mm. see success and, and see um, gains, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I love what you started talking about progression, and especially like, uh, it's, you know, I've, I've been in CrossFit for a long time, and I hear so many people debate, but I love what you said that if you're just starting out, probably any CrossFit gym is good. Yeah. And, and I think that's the point is, you know, the progression, ask yourself the question, are you getting better? And yeah, if you're new, any kind of stimulus is better than what you're doing. Because I'm, I'm sure you've gotten asked this before. People have said, oh, I need to get in shape before I join your gym. And yeah, it's like, that's crazy. No, 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 that's <laughs> not a thing. And then you can keep asking yourself the same question. Like, am I getting better? So if you're an intermediate athlete, am I getting better? Is this pro, you know, because, and that's where it was, you know, a benefit across it is like, Every gym is so different. So some have, is more geared towards beginners. Mm-hmm. And let's say you advance, you may need to move. And it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but their focus is just, you know, yeah. uh, general population. And um, and then once you get advanced, you know, like talking about you, Austin, where you're at is you need the whoop. You need to track your sleep. You need to, you know, track your nutrition. And yeah. uh, I think too many people miss. And, and that applies to all aspects of life. But it's like, are you getting better? Okay, cool. Then yeah, keep going. <laughs> It's, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, that's anything in life. You want to start meditating? 30 seconds is great. Yeah. You know, let's just start a little bit. You want to show more gratitude? Every time before you brush your teeth, one thing you're grateful for. You know, yeah. we'll just start small. And uh, yeah, it's no different for the gym and anything in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people do underestimate how you don't necessarily need to do a full session to get better, whether it's meditation or fitness or gratitude, like a little bit can still go a long way. So like whether it's you're working out and you're like, oh, I don't have an hour. I only have 45 minutes. It's like go get a 45 minute workout in. Yeah. Like that's going to make a huge difference. Um, I don't want to meditate for 10 minutes. Do it for five. Do it for two. Like something is going to make a difference. I heard that the minimum amount to change your state of mind is six breaths. So if you can meditate for six breaths, like you're going to change your state. So if you can just sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to sit down and take six deep breaths. Like that's going to make a difference. It's like a minute. Yeah. It's like one minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like a little more. the littlest amount can just get like, like we were saying, like start the momentum. And like when you're starting a hike, it's like, we're not thinking about getting to the top of the mountain. It's like put one foot forward. It's like, okay, now we're going. Like I'm going to make it up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you just got to get started. Oh, man, this has been great conversation. Yep. Um, okay, to wrap things up, I do want to ask, uh, are there any questions we should have asked that we didn't? Uh, I think there's a lot that we could go into <laughs> <laughs> that we didn't even touch on, but uh, I think we could talk at each individual question for like an hour. So I feel like... It's so we'll have you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm down anytime. <laughs> but uh, I don't think we necessarily need to go into anything specific, but... Yeah, I know wearing masks is, you're just dying to riff on that, but uh, we don't have to go there, but yeah, that time. might be a whole conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Where can people find you? Um, how can they, how can they check out Apex? That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Austin Rowe Fitness. So A-U-S-T-I-N-R-O-W-E Fitness. Um, so if you want to check it, check me out on there. Most of my stuff goes on there. Uh, our website is apexhumanperformance.com. Uh, follow me on TikTok. I just started one of those. Oh, baby. Let's um, go. Thanks. <laughs> you yeah. know, baby. We're going to go make some reels after this. So. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's the best place. Awesome. Thanks, Austin. If you guys are in the Denver area, definitely come check out Apex Human Performance. Give them a follow. Um, I'm Taylor. Thanks. Until next time. Yeah, I'm Matt. Thanks again, Austin. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Can't wait. Peace. Peace. Hey, everybody. Before you move on, we have exciting news. We are hosting a giveaway for the first 10 episodes. So if you go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and let us know how much you love our podcast, you will be entered in to win a $150 Amazon gift card. It goes such a long way if you take the 30 seconds 
and leave us a five-star review. We will shout you out on the podcast and of course be forever grateful for your support. So head to iTunes and leave that five-star review to win a $150 Amazon gift card. And if you really, really love Taylor and I, and you know someone else who would love our message, then please pass this along to them. It would mean the world to us if you help us get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as possible by subscribing and sharing your biggest takeaway on social media. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we hope you are choosing your happiness.